all of us, not just Moses. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, so, as you, if you visit here, my name is Maurice, not Moses. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, welcome with us this morning. Trust that um, you're enjoying um, the morning with us, and yeah, what's it? Uh, long. Um, I'm trusting... Um, for something special this morning um, that not necessarily my words can do, but something that the Lord can do. So I'm trusting that He will come and do that beyond my words. And um, uh, I, I want to read us the scripture as we start. It's Psalm 105 verse 4. It says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. Um, and the title of, of what I'm going to share this morning is Seek His Presence Continually. Seek His Presence Continually. That's something that I felt that the Lord wants to come and speak to us as a people. Um, for those of you that don't know, but um, like last week we got prayed in to, to lead this congregation forward. Mike and Adi has been leading. And I've been thinking like, Lord, what am I dreaming for this congregation? What is, what is the things that... That, that we want to see in this new season, what, what you want to do. And a lot of the things I'm seeing and what I'm dreaming about is not new. It is age-old things that we just maybe need to look at afresh. Um, you know, one of the dreams that I have is that we will be a people of His presence. Who will we be without His presence? I mean, do we really just want to be a meeting a gathering, or go to stuff without Him being there. I mean, there's some nice people in this church, really. It's nice spending time with a lot of you. I like Derek. I love laughing for his jokes. I like Pete. I love uh, this nice people. And we, we would do amazing spending time together. But man, without His presence. Ah, oh, that's... We'll miss a lot. There is no one as nice, as, or not nice, that, that's not as glorious and as amazing as Jesus is. And, um, and that's something that I'm trusting for us as a people. I'm dreaming about us being a people. We are a people of His presence. But even, I mean, I believe there's more. There's more to, to what the Lord has for us in the season of what we have seen in the past and let me tell you, I've been part of this congregation for 20 years, and I've seen amazing things. But it, just even as we prayed on Monday, I was like, Lord, could it be that we'll see even greater things in this next season? And that we won't just speak about the things of the past. And yo, remember that day when the Lord did that. But we will start speaking about what the Lord is doing now, and how He's moving in our midst now. Um, so I want to I wanna speak to us today about, I'm out of um, 2 Samuel 6, and I'm going to mention a few scriptures from there. And just to give you context, David, obviously he was anointed by Samuel when he was a young boy to be king. Um, but here in 2 Samuel 5, the people came and they anointed him as king, Jerusalem and Judah. So they, they made him king. And we read in 2 Samuel 6, the very first thing that David wanted to do as being the king of this nation. And, and, it, and it says like, um, if we can read from verse, David again gathered all the chosen men in Israel, 30,000. So 30,000 people gathered. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Bel Judah 
to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. So the very first thing that David wanted to do is bring back the ark. <laughs> he, he was like, we are God's people, and the ark represented the presence of God. It was, it, was, it was the presence of God to the people of God. It was the power of God. It represented all of who God is to the people of God. And, you know, why did David actually have to bring the ark back? Where was it? <laughs> I mean, if there are the people, where was the ark? And just to give you some um, context here is, over time, Israel became sinful. They, they had a lot of idols, a lot of things that they give themselves, and they were in sin. And there was one moment, this is before Saul even, um, they, they, they were fighting against the Philistines and they lost the battle. This is 1 Samuel 4. They lost the battle and they thought, if we can take the ark into battle with us, surely we will win. So they go to Shiloh and they go fetch the ark. I mean, they think having the ark there would be a, they've seen in the past Joshua, having the, it's just the presence of God that they go into their own strength, and God is actually not with them <laughs> because of their sin. He's withdrawn from them. They're losing this battle because they're not repenting. They're not turning to God. And then they said, let's bring the ark in. And it says in, I think, um, I'm not going to, we don't have it up there, but there's, there's this one verse where when the ark came into the camp, it says they, they shouted in such a loud shout that the earth was shaking. The Philistines next door heard about it, and they heard that the ark is, and all of them were fearful, <laughs> and they were like shaking, and, and, then, um, and then they said, today, I think they had a brave heart moment <laughs> in that camp, and they were fearful. It's like, is this not the presence of God? Is this not the ark of what we have heard, the, the, the God of, 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 this, of this people? I mean, how many battles people has lost because of the presence of God in this? And they said, People of Philistine, today, fight with all of your might. And they rose up and they fought against Israel and they beat them. 30,000 plus people died that day. The ark being there captured. The two priestly sons, Hophnius and Phineas, they died in the battle. Eli heard about it, of the ark being captured. He fell over and he broke his neck. And there's the story of the ark being captured. Now the ark is with the Philistines, but God doesn't really let him be carried off by ungodly people. So they are struck with tumors, <laughs> everything that could be bad. <laughs> Their idol god Dagon falls over and, and breaks. There's, there's so many things that happens to them. And then they move the ark from one city to another. And then there's tumors and sickness. And, and then they move it to the next city. And there's tumors and sick. They moved it to five places. And, and it's just like... Who, where can we have this ark? Because it's, the Lord is breaking out. So what happened actually, to make a long story short, they put the ark on a cart with two cows, and they take, and they say, if these cows take these, this ark back to Israel, then we know God was actually judging us. And it's better that the ark is better with, with, with God's people. So they put the ark, they put some offerings in, like sacrifices in, like, um, of tumors, golden tumors and things. They put it in this little box and they send it off. And these two cows, nobody told them where, they, where he needs to walk. They walk all the way back to Israel. <laughs> and it's amazing. God's just like, 
<laughs> I'm not going to be carried off and be captured by you. I'm God. <laughs> if you have me, if I'm, 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 a, I'm God of my people. And um, so the ark ends up in Israel. Guys, they, 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 I don't know what they think, but God told them clearly, you do not look into the ark. You do not touch it. And it needs to be carried on poles um, with, priestly, with the Levites. So they did everything that is wrong. They looked into it and 70 people died just there. Of the Israelites. This is no longer Philistines. This is God's people dying. So the story is like you don't mess with the presence of God. It's like he is, he is like so awesome. So they, they put, the, it's like where can we take the ark? And they put it in the house of a guy called Abinadab. And Abinadab, and it's, it's like, I think the ark stayed in his house for about close 20 plus years. Some commentators say about 40 years that this ark was kept in the house of Abinadab. And now David becomes king. And he says, surely the, the ark of God needs to be amongst the people of God. And they bring, and so he, this is where we get in. And they say like, okay, let's bring the ark of God back. So, but the thing is, David um, is a young leader, didn't know much, so he started doing things out of his own strength. They put the ark, they go to Abinadab's house, and they put it back. I'm giving you like a storytelling, so you can go and read um, in 1 Samuel 4 to 6, and then this, this part, if you want to go and read it for yourself, and then 2 Samuel 5. So they put the ark on a cart. God told them the ark needs to be carried on the shoulders of the Levites with poles. You don't touch it. For 40 years, nothing happened to Abinadab, or, but now Abinadab's son, Uzzah, and the other guy, Ahio. <laughs> so he was running ahead, and Uzzah is with this cart. And what happens? They go down a hill, there's the oxen stumble, and the ark seems like it's going to fall over. And Uzzah stretches out and he touches the ark. And God strikes him dead. And now David, he's just been, just imagine, they were dancing before the Lord, rejoicing, instruments playing, and Uzzah dead. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, da -da -da -da. <laughs> the silence that came over that party. <laughs> it was just, and, and David, it says, um, in verse, um, where am I now? In verse 7, um, no, uh, verse 8, the, David was angry because of the Lord's wrath that has broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, he called the place Perez Uzzah. That's where the Lord broke out against Uzzah. Um, and, and says, firstly, he was angry. He said, God, I mean, we're bringing the ark back. And then he says, like, and then he's afraid. <laughs> and he says, who would be able to, to bring the ark back? And he asked this question. And, and then, I mean, just imagine you were in that thing. And he says, okay, no, Ubit Edom, let's put it in your house. <laughs> and he decides not to bring the ark back. He just put it in some guy's house. And they all go back. This great procession of bringing the ark back stopped there. Just because... He did it in a way that was not the Lord's way. There was a prescribed way in the sense of bringing the presence of God back. So now the story gets off in um, 
in verse 10. So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David, but David took it aside to the house of Ubed Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Ubed Edom in Get the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Ubed Edom and all his household. Sure. You know, it's something that I saw that was quite interesting. Ubed Edom had the ark in his house for three months, and the Lord blessed him. Abinadab had the ark in his house for 20 to 40 years, and there's no mention of God blessing him. Could it be that the way we receive the presence of God in our lives is actually important? <laughs> are you, in a sense, like, are you centering your life around the presence of God? Like David wanted, like, gee, like, Lord, the ark needs to be at the center. We know there's no ark around. God actually didn't strike Uzzah, or he struck Uzzah, but he struck his own son. And he opened up a way for us into his presence. It says, if you believe, streams of living water will gush up. We have the very presence of God. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you know, some of us would live like Ubed Edom in the blessing of God. And some of us would be like at Benadab, having the ark, the presence of God in your life. But it looks different. Why? Why would it be different? Why would it be different? Could it be that Abinadab just lodged, just tolerated the ark in his home? And Obed Edom actually received it and, and, and made it the center of his home. And the Lord blessed him. And, and that's the question I want to ask. It's like, yes, the presence of God is accessible to all of us. <laughs> you can, today, if, you're not a, if, you, you, if you have not experienced the presence of God, you can today come to Him and say sorry for your sins. And He can forgive you. And just like that, you can experience the presence of God in your life. And start a journey of experiencing these streams of living water gushing up forth in your life. You can experience it today. If you do not know Jesus, God struck His Son so that you should not be struck. If you come and say, Lord, please forgive me. I want to know you. His presence is for you. His presence is for each and every one of us. Why, why did David want to bring back the ark? Because in the presence of the Lord... It's not just death and people dying. <laughs> I know that's what you're thinking. I'm bringing the good news here now. It's fullness of joy. <laughs> it's blessing. I'm just read this fullness, Psalm 16, verse 11. In the presence of the Lord, this fullness of joy. Um, in um, Exodus 33, verse 14. Here we have Moses. And he said to the Lord, he says, My, Moses, not Moses, Moses. <laughs> My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. There's rest in His presence. There's a rest that comes. Maybe you're feeling restless this morning and you just can't come. It's in the presence of God. There is rest. There's joy. And, says, and Moses said to him, if your presence 
will not go with me. Do not bring me up from here. Do we have this cry, Lord? If we don't live, if your presence is not central in our lives, Lord, let us not move up from here. Let us not live like a Benadab that has, that has access to your presence, that has access to know you intimately, but don't. We don't give ourselves by faith. Now, we heard this morning, it's not about the, the works that we do in a sense, like to please God in a sense. It's like we're not working for the praise. Uzzah actually means strength of man. That word actually is the strength. It's not through the strength of man. It's through what Jesus has done on the cross that we have access to his presence. It says here... Um, Verse 16, for, for how shall we be known that of how shall it be known that I have found favor? There's favor in the sight of the Lord. There's favor in the presence of God and in your sight. And I, your people, is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct? Is it there's something of the presence of God that distinguishes us from people that don't know Jesus? And David knew it's like. I mean, if you just heard the roar in the camp of the Philistines when they heard about the presence of God coming into, they were afraid. There's something of God, but God just chose that day that he's not going to do anything. <laughs> I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he does. But here, the, there's a, we desire the presence of God because it distinguishes us. It, it set us apart from just being a meeting, just being a people that just spend time together. But we're a people of his presence. I have a dream where homes are centered around the presence of God. Fathers leading their families into times of just spending time with Jesus. Children being so amazed with Jesus that they, while they're playing, they talk about Jesus. I have a dream, just like even like I would hear my children sometimes. I mean, we don't tell them, but they take a guitar and just start worshiping. And um, sometimes they would do dishes and you're like, um, our father, um, they would sing some of the songs. It's like washing dishes and singing. And nobody told them to do that. I have a dream that through our homes, that worship will break out because of seeking his presence continually. And seek, I have a dream and it says like where parents will parent their children around the person of Jesus. David didn't want to be king without the presence of God being central. Could it be that we can say, I don't want to be a father of my children without the presence of God being central. I don't want to be a husband to my wife without the presence of God being central of, of who we are. Now, this sounds like, how do you actually do that? It's just a hungry heart and with faith. You have access you have access to his presence and having that hungry heart. Jesus, I want to spend time with you. I want, I, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I've grown up in a house where alcoholism ruled. There was a lot of fights, a lot of things happening in that house. But I just decided as a young man that that's, that's not the road that I'm going to choose. <laughs> I, I want to, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And, and I think it's like, fathers, I want to encourage you. As for you and your house, will you serve the Lord? In your business, do you build your business around central, about, around the presence of God, of who God is? You know what? This 
kids, if you go to school, is the presence of God central around you going? I know this sounds very like, how, how can you bring this practically? But it can just be, it's just coming down to a searching heart, seeking His presence continually through the life that you live. Psalm 34 verse 10, they lack no good thing in the presence of God. So blessed, um, Psalm um, 119 verse 3, it says the following, who also do no wrong, well, no, is it that one, <laughs> maybe not that one, <laughs> but it, it speaks about the blessing of God being, I think it's verse 2, is it not verse 2? <laughs> anyway, but it speaks about being blessed with, with it's something of the presence of God is that we are blessed. And now we get to Ubud Edom that was blessed in such a way. So the story goes on. David hears about the ark and the blessing of God in um, Ubud Edom's house. He's like, okay. And he started reading up and he realized, oh, I did it in my own strength. We can't put the ark on a cart like the Philistines did. <laughs> we need to do it the way God did. And he went and read up and he learned that actually the Levites need to carry the ark. He, he's like this, a prescribed way of how God wants us to bring his presence into. And for us, the prescribed way is through his son. Through Jesus. So we see David say, they go fetch the ark. Now I can imagine Ubed Edom is like, <laughs> there's an ark going. <laughs> and he's saying, he's like, oh, I've been so blessed with God's presence in our house. And he not just only blessed my house, he blessed everything. I mean, if you see how many sons Ubed Edom had, it's just like the blessing of God is just upon the sky because of the presence. And he's like, Watching the ark going. But David comes and they're dancing and shout. And, and it says, David came in, I think, verse, let me read some scripture. I'm telling you the story, but it is in, in 2 Samuel. So, they, um, so David was not willing. Oh, no, that's going on there. And it was told, um, verse 12, and it was told King David, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed Edom to the city of David. And he's rejoicing. So he came rejoicing, not like <gasps> the first time somebody died. <laughs> but he heard about maybe the reason why somebody died is I was wrong. <laughs> it was something we missed it. We needed to do it God's way. So he came, he take the ark, and he says, and when those, verse 13, and when those who bore the ark, so now they're carrying it, they're doing, those who are carrying the ark, now they're, doing, they're getting it, um, of the Lord has gone six steps. So they would walk one, two, three, four, five, six. And then they stop, and they sacrifice a cow, and they do an offering. All the way, I tried to look how far it is, but nobody really knows where Ubed Edom's house was. There's guesstimates, but every six steps, okay, we're still alive. <laughs> Sacrifice, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, but rejoicingly, we're going to bring the, the ark, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring it to the city of David, where the presence of God, the people of God around the presence of God will do whatever it takes. We'll come in, and it's like one. Two, three, four, five, six. Sacrifice. One. <laughs> and they, they kept on doing this until the ark was placed in the tent of David. And it says, David, 
there's four things that they, they, they went about rejoicing. And then he sacrificed an ox and a fattened animal. Verse 14, David danced before the Lord. So David was dancing. There was no fear of man in that moment. Like, I don't care what people think of this bloody thing that's going on here. And there's just a lot of sacrificing and things that have the presence of God. Whatever it takes, we're going to bring the presence of God to the city of David. He danced before the Lord. Um, and, and it says in verse 15, they shouted. So it's rejoicing. There was sacrifice. And we see this picture of Jesus actually sacrificed his life. So to bring the presence of God into our lives, the stream of living water flowing forth. And I have one more thing that I want to just mention out of the story that it was just so. Now, Ubit Irim, <laughs> there goes the ark. He didn't stay in his house. We read later in 1 Chronicles. Just find that verse quickly. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 37 to 38. It speaks of Ubit Irim that actually became a doorkeeper. In the tent. So he relocated his whole family to follow <laughs> what he just experienced for three months. You know, the presence of God is like nothing else that you have experienced. And you have access to that. It's not just a box that we follow. He's living in you. Through his spirit. If you have given your life to Jesus, this spring of, of water um, is swelling up. Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. He says to her, Everyone who drinks of this well, there was a lady sitting at the well. He says, if you drink this well, you will get thirsty again. But verse 14 says, whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that will be given him will become like a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Springs of water in our homes, welling up. What the springs of water in our businesses, welling up, springs of water, welling up in our schools, in our colleges, the springs of water welling up in those places. And the Father is seeking a heart that will, will seek after Him, seek His presence. I believe God has called us, and this is something that we value, that we're not a, we don't want to be a church, and this is our dream. We might not be there yet 100%, but something that we value as a church, that we are a church led by the Holy Spirit, that we are not led by culture or clocks or um, genres or stuff, but that we will be a people of His presence, that we'll follow and His lead. And that's something that we value, and it's something that we contend for. And I want to invite you, I can't... Even as Skulk said, there's, I mean, I can't sing your song for the Lord. <laughs> you need to sing it. I can't pray your prayer unto the Lord. You need to pray. I don't stay in your home. You stay in your home. I don't work at your marketplace, but you work there. Will you, as a people, let us say, Lord, we want to see the presence of God being central of who we are as a people. And Lord, we are giving ourselves to be hungry and searching of who you are. Not in our own strength like Uzzah, 
But through his wounds are the entrance. Through Jesus and the grace that he gives us to be that people that he's called us to be. Unless your presence go with us, let us not go up from here. Unless your presence go with us, Lord, let us not go up from here. And hearing a word like this, you like, there's a lot of things that's going on. Where am I (laughs) in this? Is the presence of God actually central in my life? I'm a bad person. Ooh, I'm going to be struck dead right now. Don't touch. <laughs> and it's just like a lot of things that would go through your heart and your mind. And actually, will you just be humble before the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't, even David's like, can anybody bring up the presence of God? Can anybody, is there anybody that can do this? <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's, People are dying. This is, it's, it's something that is so precious, so holy, so amazing. And, and still it, it blesses and it's inviting and it draws you in. Wow. And, it, and we have this response. Do I draw near or do I stay away? He invites us to draw in. <laughs> because he's called us to be like an Obed-Edom, like a David. Now, whatever it takes. I mean, there's part of the story where David dances and he says, I will become even more undignified. It's like, I don't care what people think, but I want to see the presence of the Lord central of who we are. Whatever it takes. What is your whatever it takes? What is it? Not works, Uzzah, don't hear that. But in giving yourself, in in spending time with the Lord, giving yourself to, to posture your heart with faith to come before the Lord. All right, so I want to pray for us. But before I pray for us, um, this is not a new thing that I'm saying. Some of us are actually right on fire for Jesus. But I'm telling you, you can actually be more in love with Jesus than what you're experiencing right now. Some of us are struggling a bit, but you know what? That's okay. You can come close to Jesus and and there will be fullness of joy. Maybe you're restless. You can actually come close and and He will give rest. (laughs) There's there's maybe fear in your heart. He can come and quiet those fear because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power. And in His presence, there is so much. So it's not just about us um, just seeking, but when you spend time with Jesus, the blessing overflows in your life. And I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm just saying <laughs> the blessing there is, we see with Uber Edom. <laughs> he, he received the Lord and there was something of just the blessing of God upon his life. And the favor of God. And that, I believe, that is something of us. In the midst of our suffering, the things that we go through, there's something of the life of Jesus that's available. Okay, but if everyone can just close their eyes right now, I just want to... So I'm going to do a few calls and cries uh, in a sense like for you to...